You're just in time for a segment as Timothy P. Brown of Football Archaeology joins us to talk about the 1947 Sugar Bowl and a very famous football player named Charlie Trippi and what he did in that game. It's all here coming up with Tim in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to another day where we get to visit with our friend Timothy P. Brown of footballarchaeology.com. Tim, welcome back to the Pigpen. Darren, good to be here with you and looking forward to going on a little trippy with you. <laughs> a little trippy That's indeed. pretty good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's really... Uh, <laughs> Digging deep for that segue into our topic tonight. Uh, but, uh, of course, Tim is talking about a recent tidbit that he wrote on the famous football legend, Charlie Trippy and uh, a college football game that he played. And we know him as a co- great college player and a great professional player. But, uh, you know, Tim loves to focus in on, especially on those college games. And uh, you got some interesting items on Mr. Trippy that you'd like to talk, talk about. Yeah, so th- this one, I kind of, this particular tidbit, uh, uh, I was hoping to draw, you know, kind of two issues. One is how much of a stud Trippy was, right? Um, and he was just a tremendous player. But the other thing was just kind of the, um, you know, the messiness of determining the national championship back in the day, you know. And if anybody thought it was bad the past 30, 40 years, back in, 1946 when he was getting out of college you know it was worse so you know he he as a senior his senior season was 1946 he's playing for you know university of georgia and they ended up the year uh ranked number three and so rank ended the regular season ranked number three number one and two were army and navy who had tied zero to zero you know, last game of the season. And um, so, you know, they're, you know, they weren't going to win the national championship in all likelihood, you know, meaning Georgia wasn't. And, you know, back then the big 10 for the 1947 season, the big 10 still uh, maybe, maybe they had just started, but anyway, you know, there were, you know, Notre Dame didn't go to bowl games and, you know, we were still in an era where, Entire conferences didn't go to bowl games, so it's you know who who was who's going to finish the season national champs is kind of a mess. But it, so they end up with you know Georgia ends up being invited to the uh, to the Sugar Bowl, um, and they play their number three. They play number nine, uh, North Carolina, and so Trippy, um, who had he had finished second in the Heisman Trophy voting to uh, to Glenn Davis, you know, of, of Army. And Trippy was this, you know, quintuple and maybe even a 
septuple or whatever, you know, threat. Because he, you know, he, he was a passer. He was a runner. He punted. Um, he returned kicks. And, you know, in, in the 47 season, he led the nation or at least tied for the, in the nation for uh, most interceptions. You know, so he's just this all-around player who's just, you know, just tremendous. Um, so he ends up, you know, in the, in the Sugar Bowl. Um, North Carolina takes a 7 nothing lead at half. Um, and then Georgia ties it up, you know, early in the third quarter. Uh, UNC gets a field goal. So now they're down, you know, Georgia's down 10-7. You know, and they're, they're thinking we're the, at least the third team in the nation. So then I think it was the next series. Uh, Trippy faked the run and then executed one of those old-style jump passes. You know, he jumps up right behind the line of scrimmage, hits a guy who's running a crossing pattern, and the guy, boom, to the races, you know, gets a touchdown, and then they they score another touchdown and, and win the game. And, you know, one of the cool things about that particular tidbit is just that I had, uh, you know, I had these old college composite schedule, you know, uh, booklets. And so one of them had that play and, you know, the, the coach described the play. It's got the play diagram. And, you know, so it's just a neat illustration of, of that jump pass play. But so they end up winning. And, you know, here it is right after World War II. So the AFC and the NFL are battling for, um, you know, contracts. So this guy signs, uh, he's able to sign a four-year, $100,000 contract, which was the biggest contract for a pro football player to that point. You know, so, I mean, just the, the bargaining power he had, and yet, you know, <laughs> it's just nothing compared to today. Four-year, $100,000 contract. Um, and then he goes on, you know, in the NFL, he's into the all-1940s team. And when he retired in 57, um, he was the all NFL's all-time yardage leader, you know, because he was this multi-threat guy. Um, and then... Then he ends up. Uh, he died in nineteen or twenty twenty one. He was a second NFL former NFL player to live to be a hundred years old. So the guy had a pretty good life. Yeah. Wow. I, I can't complain about that one. No. And what an interesting you know time when that his uh, senior season. You know, World War Two is just over, and that forty six season is sort of. I always look at it. It's almost like a, a line of debarkation of like, you know, the, the single wing is sort of ending its, its run and they're going into, you know, some T formations, some more modern formations that we're, we're familiar with. And, you know, single platoon football is, you know, right at its, its edge of uh, doing. So it's a lot of interesting things that that yeah. era and all the different things that if you're a football fan, you go to the stadium, you're going to see, you know, everything coming out of the woodwork <laughs> in those, those years. And like you said, the AAFC and the NFL are, are doing battle and Paul Brown is, you know, getting his glory on and at the pro level and just, just some, a cool era of football. Yeah. Charlie Trippy is definitely yeah. a part of that. Well, and Trippy, like a lot of the guys, um, you know, he was, I think he left college in, I think he was 44 and 45. I could be off on that, but you know, 
like, like a lot of these guys, you know, they were getting drafted, you know? And so, so he was out of the game. Now he played service football, like a lot of these guys did. But, you know, the other thing about 46 was just, I mean, if there was an era with more talent now, you know, this is pre uh, pre-integration. So it's all white guys. Right. But, you know, you had rosters filled with these returning vets, you know, so guys who had been in the service for two, three, and even four years coming back to college. And, you know, all these guys with playing experience, all these guys who'd started are now all of a sudden on one roster. And it's just, and they're, and even though teams were starting to run, you know, two platoon, most still ran one platoon. So, just, I mean, there was just some tremendous talent in the 1946 season. Yeah. And uh, they got that uh, extra training if they played military ball. It's like an extra yeah. couple of years of, uh, you know, college football. They get trained for the professional level, which wasn't that developed yet. The college game was a much better game at that point in time, too. So just, uh, you know, just all the, uh, stars aligned uh, for football with uh, all the world events and everything that was going on. And, yeah. Man, a special time. Definitely a golden era of football, like they say, and it's uh, you know very enjoyable to to read about it and to to see these heroes like Charlie Trippi and others that uh, played the game so well during that era. Yeah, and I mean, you, you just think about the changes in the game that he saw in his lifetime. Just incredible. Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to be picking up a new copy of that rules book and uh, studying it real hard every time you <laughs> the new season comes along because that's definitely was a, a time of change. Now, speaking of changes, now you you have uh, in your tidbits, you're covering changes from all eras of football, like, uh, uh, you know, from the 1800s to the 20th century and, and beyond, even into today's game in your tidbits. And they're really interesting and they're not uh, you know, focused on on one thing. You you take us on a journey every single evening into something new that maybe we really never really thought about. So how can people enjoy your tidbits uh, on a daily basis? Yeah, um, it's real simple. Just go to footballarchaeology.com. Uh, you, you can subscribe. And then, uh, you know, if you subscribe, you get an email with that story uh, every night at seven o'clock Eastern. Um, if you, you know, you don't have to read them right away. They're just, you can let them sit in your, in your inbox, read them on the weekend. And then uh, if you, if, if you don't want to subscribe, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, on threads or on the Substack app. All so, right. Or just go to, you know, just go to the site whenever you feel like it. So. Excellent. Well, Tim Brown is his name. Footballarchaeology.com is his website, and you've got all the other information there, too. It's in the show notes of the podcast as well. Tim, thank you for joining us here, and we'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Yep, and what a long, strange trip it's been. (laughs) Sorry for my my dad jokes. Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast.
we invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.